0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Lease Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's the Leafs Launch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Lease. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That'd be much, much appreciated. And just a reminder that you can download and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your... Podcast from and make lockdown lease part of your daily listening routine. All right, happy Monday, folks. Uh, Good weekend for the Maple Leafs. It didn't start out so hot after the first 20 minutes against the Detroit Red Wings, but it ended well. The Maple Leafs with a comeback victory over Detroit. 7-4 was the final. They're now 27-10-3 on the year. 57 points, a 7-13 win percentage, which is good for fourth in the NHL. And this is a team that, coming into tomorrow, I believe will be uh, tomorrow. Going tonight, yeah. Tonight marks the midway point of the season. So as of tonight, tonight is game number forty-one against the New Jersey Devils. A little bit later, we're going to be teeing up that game. And then also going to be talking a little bit about what was, uh, there there was a a report about Peter Morazic actually that was kind of brought up during the Saturday's game at the intermission. If you guys missed it, I'm going to bring that up. Jeff Merritt talking about uh, uh, possibly some interest in Peter Morazic and and what that could, uh, that situation could arise. Also another uh, Leafs goaltender or another goaltender that the Leafs could be interested in. So I'll get to that information. I'll let you know that stuff uh, a little bit later on, but let's get right to this game. We'll recap the one uh the 7-4 win over Detroit and yeah like I said the team instead of giving up a multi-goal lead and being up 3-1 and then letting it you know go away and and losing the game they actually found themselves down 3-1 for a change and Galaxy brained us and said hey hey if we're down 3-1 we can't give up a lead so low well, why don't we try the opposite We'll go down 3-1 and we'll claw back and fight back. And that's exactly what they did. For the moment that they went down 3-1, to they outscored the Wings uh, 6-1 to afterwards and ended up scoring five goals in the third period. You know, it was a poor start to the game, no doubt about it. Detroit clearly controlling things in the first half, but then the Leafs in the second half really took control, and then third period, five goals. And uh, I'll get right to the three stars because we do got a bunch to talk about today. So well, let's start out with 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 the third star, I guess, and and that's got to be the fourth line. To, to, in, to, I think the fourth line was great. Um, they get a lot of hate recently and like a lot of people don't like Pierre Engvall and he gets spewed a lot of negativity online but honestly I've I'm I'm a Engvall stan as a guy in like the third or fourth line I don't think he deserves to be anywhere more than that but honestly he makes his fourth line better and when when it's Engvall and Simmons and Engvall brings that element of speed a guy who can carry the puck um and a guy who isn't afraid to you know kind of play a bit more of a a role with these guys. I I think that this is a really good fourth line. They played well against Detroit. Just take a look at... Uh, like the the advanced metrics, they had an 80% Corsi for percentage, 86% expected goals percentage, and they outchanced them eight to one. While out on the ice, just 60% offensive zone starts, so they weren't even getting that favorable of matchups. But you just take a look at this this line as a whole, and 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 you know they got the ball rolling, right? So remember the night, the game before in Anaheim, they got the ball rolling there too, but in a negative light. It was Pierre. Engvall putting the puck off Spetz's shin while trying to clear it out of the paint. It goes into the back of the net. Well, this time Engvall gets the lucky bounce and it kind of goes, takes a weird rolling knuckle puck type of thing uh, past Nadelkovic and then goes off of the post and into the the net. And the Leafs, you know, they got the their first goal of the hockey game, Um, and I just thought that they were a good team all around, or a good game all around from them, led by Pierre Engvall, who had five shots on goal on the night, did score the first goal for the Maple Leafs, and was third on the team in individual expected goals for, but the fourth line in general wanted to give some love to them and give them my third star of the game. My second star of the game, giving it to John Tavares, I thought Johnny T., was also excellent uh, in this game. He, he really was uh, from you know one of the best players on the Maple Leafs. Uh, ended up with a couple of points and and really the 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 highlight play that he made in the game was that unreal feed that he made to Sandine for the game winner. And it wasn't necessarily the pass. It was the whole sequence of how he was battling you know in front of the net, really battling, and then ends up kind of. Uh, getting the puck over to Sandine after battling, and he was able to put it into the back of the net for the game winner. So John Tavares for that play alone, to me, got him the second place. But I felt that he had just a, a pretty strong game all around, and you know, pretty good in the faceoffs too. 69% in the faceoff draws. Uh, so Johnny Teague ended up with a goal as well, really late. I think he was got the final empty netter or one of the empty netters. Um, on top of Mitch Marner, who also ended up with an empty netter. They, they they got a couple of those. They got a couple of those to pad the stats just a little bit there. Uh, but to me, I thought that he would, played a really, really strong game. Uh, so JT, to me, well-deserving of that one. That was uh, Sandine's first goal of the season as well. So um, really good timing for Sandine to come up with a clutch goal. Ends up being the game winner, but let's not be... Uh, let's be real here, that whole goal was thanks to the great work and the hard net front battle by Johnny Tavares. So, JT, Captain Toronto, he's getting getting the second star of the game and buried the lead here. We're almost six-ish minutes into this podcast, and I've yet to mention that this happened, and I I probably should have mentioned it way before, but my number one star... Going to Michael Bunting, the Scarborough boy himself. Hockey Day in Canada was ongoing in Scarborough. And the Scarborough kid puts up seven shots and gets a hat trick. Yes, Michael Bunting with the hat trick. And he was excellent, really, all night long. He was getting dirty and gritty and found him at the bottom of scrums, but then also lightened up the scoreboard and ends up with a hat trick. And that second goal specifically really showed some great hand-eye, kind of tipped it in front, and then it ended up, going up and he's turned, bats it out of the midair and into the back of the net for a second goal and then uh, a nice setup, a nice feed by Marner to set him up for his third goal, the hat trick and Michael Bunting was was all over the place. He was a terrific, terrific player. He was hounding down loose pucks in the offensive zone to keep play alive for, for that top line and um, I, I think that, you know, Bunting has been just a, a real treat this season and well deserved to get himself a hat trick and to see the Offense keep rolling, playing with guys like John Tavares and Andre Kasha and Mitch Marner for a little bit in this game as well it was nice to see, uh, you know, th- them find success together. So that's my first star of the game. Michael Bunting thought he was fantastic. Peter Mrazik, bit of a mixed bag. I thought that obviously the first couple of plays, first couple of uh, periods, not great. gave up four in the first two periods, but. Um, did settle in in the third period a little bit more when Toronto started to really attack. But there was that one point where I was like, this is not looking good for, for Peter Marazic. I I can't remember exactly who, who shot it, but there was a puck that like... It, it, it bounced a couple of times, and it went right to Mrazic, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. And this puck came in from, like, the blue line, and it was a bit of a bouncer, a roller, and I thought we were going to see Vesitoskala 2.0. I really did. I thought that that was going to beat him cleanly, go between the legs or squeak under his arm or something, just based on the way that Mrazek was playing earlier in that game. Uh, but luckily, he did start to kind of shut it down, ended up stopping 31 to 35 shots to get the victory. But uh, either way, the, it, when you put up seven goals, um, more than enough, it should be more than enough at the very least, to come away with the victory. And, and Peter Mrazek able to do it in Detroit, a place where he started his career, um, you know, we we weren't exactly sure who was going to start that game. Was it going to be Mrazek? Was it going to be Jack Campbell? But then they obviously decided, you know what, Peter has a lot of history in this building. Let's give him the opportunity to get the win against his former team, and that's exactly what they did. Didn't look great at the start, that's for sure. But it turned out to be pretty good, Um, and he ends up getting the victory, uh, his fourth win as a Maple Leaf. And I think we're going to see this a lot more often, though. We're going to see a lot more of the traditional tandem that we were expecting to see early in the year. And now that Mrazek is healthy, I think we're going to get it. Maybe like one in every three games, we might be able to see him uh, playing. And and coming up tonight, we got the New Jersey Devils coming to town, and it's a home and home. So you know you're going to see Mrazek in one of these games. So That'll be two of three games that Morazic's going to play. So get ready to see a lot more Peter Morazic, I would say, for the Maple Leafs here um, down the stretch, at least in the month of November, assuming that he can stay healthy, that is. Health obviously being the biggest concern there for him. He's already had two injuries um, this season. But let's all just kind of cross our fingers and hope for the best for for Morazic because I think that Jack Campbell needs a – he kind of needs a bit of a breather because he's not playing too, too hot himself right now. They're picking up wins. They're getting the offense, which is good enough to pick up the, the, you know, two points every night. But I think having two goalies, having them be fresh, having that internal competition – should definitely uh, breed success through both of them. Uh, speaking of Peter Morazic though, there was a report this weekend from Jeff Merrick uh, on Hockey Night in Canada about but there being some potential interest in Morazic. I'm going to take a quick break uh, and when we return, I'll get to that. Also, another player that the Maple Leafs could be interested in a, a, an undrafted free agent from the OHL, uh, a goaltender that is. So I'll get to both of those reports when we return, but first a word from our show sponsors. New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but sometimes just gets so boring. By week three, you're sitting there thinking, where's the chocolate? Well, built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to any candy bar, which usually has around 240 cals, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for you. Go to all your secret st- treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. There are so many flavors to choose from, too. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, many, many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com off to see what's new. Go to build.com use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of the show. Just a reminder, you can listen to this podcast wherever you find podcasts and make Locked On Lease part of your daily listening routine as we have podcasts every Monday through Friday. And hey, Locked On uh, Leafs is getting new co host starting next week. So this is going to be, the final week, where it's just myself doing the show, uh, I know I always have you know some guests that that join quite often for for post games and whatnot, but we're gonna have a permanent co-host and joining me on the show which should also help with the regularity i know i i, I say five days a week i'm expecting to life gets busy I a lot going on uh but with this new co-host five days a week will certainly be a guarantee so uh, make sure that you are subscribed and i'm looking forward to it uh you know i'm i'm kinda i i'm not gonna say who it is quite yet i'm not gonna say who it is all i'm gonna say is this person has been on the pod before it's been on the pod before, so you'll know the voice. It's somewhat familiar if if you do listen to Locked On Lease uh, regularly. So. There's a little hint for you, I suppose, but not going to reveal it until maybe late in the week. Maybe we'll do it, and we'll just wait and reveal it next Monday when he makes his uh, official co-hosting debut. But back to Locked On Lease and what I said we were going to talk about here, and that's that report of uh, that Jeff Merrick made about teams having interest in Peter Morazic. Uh, kind of caught me off guard a little bit, um, just, you know, and, and not... It, I guess I need to explain it properly not that I was caught off guard that there would be teams that are interested but that this was brought up I mean I I just I didn't think that there would be interest right now or that the Maple Leafs would be looking to move him right now or be listening right now um it it was just kind of caught me off guard that this conversation was happening I guess at this very moment but nonetheless Uh, reportedly some teams do have interest in Mrazic, have been calling Kyle Dubas. That being said, it sounds like Kyle Dubas says that he will not be shopping him until the summer. No moves will be made at the goalie position until the summer. So, uh, it looks like we're going to get to see this tandem, like I said, of Mrazic and Jack Campbell for quite some time. Uh, this will be, you know, I guess for the whole year, but... You know, you look at Peter Mrazic's numbers this series: four and two, but a 3.20 goals against and an 8.96 save percentage. Not great. It just gave up four goals to the Detroit Red Wings. Kind of a middling team. They're they're growing. They're not the same Red Wings they were a year ago, but still. Uh, you don't like to give up four goals to a non-playoff team and he, you know there was a few that he probably would want back right some seeing eye shots where he probably would like to have those goals back that being said uh, apparently there still remains interest in Mirazic and hopefully that interest and, and he can build on that trade value as the season goes on because I'm not you know I let's be honest Jack Campbell probably going to be this team's number 1 going forward uh, I know he's in a bit of a spill right now and it's uh, it's, it's starting to be a little bit concerning I think in a couple of weeks, if he doesn't snap out of this funk, then I'll start to really get more concerned. But for right now, you got to assume Jack Campbell's the number one going forward. You know he's due for a big, big-time raise come this summer. And they're not going to be able to afford, you know, two goaltenders making starter-caliber money, right? Peter Mrazic's making $3.8 million. $3.8 million for the next, uh, I guess, two years after this. It was a three-year deal. So he's got two more years on top of this. I I think he's a better goalie than what he's shown us so far. I think he really, really is. And and I think we'll figure that out over the course of this next month that Mrazek is is a much better goaltender, um, which hopefully does increase his trade value. But it doesn't look like anything's going to happen with Mrazek this season, which is fun because I think you need both of these guys, like I said, create that internal competition. Also, you know, injuries could occur and both are able to um, support one another if they need to take on a bulk of games due to the other getting hurt. So far, Jack Campbell was able to do that. When Morazic went down early, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but if Jack Campbell does sustain some sort of injury, you got to assume that Peter Mrazic will be healthy and ready and capable to take on a bulk of games um, going forward. Not quite sure I feel safe of, about Michael Hutchinson or about if I would have... Um, Uh, Joseph will take on a a bulk of games if they were to trade Morazic. So I'm on board. I think eventually we'll see Peter Morazic be dealt away. But for right now, doesn't need to happen uh, because Jack's only making $1.65 million. But next year, once that contract uh, gets a big boost that'll be a bit of a luxury to have a, a backup or a, a, a 1b i guess which may be more so even a 2a uh, making 3.8 million bucks but again that is something that uh, dubas says he won't be worrying about until the summer something that may come a little bit quicker um leaves also reportedly have interest in mac guzda who is an overager undrafted free agent goaltender for the Barry Colts. So, um, this is a really interesting prospect. He's, uh, he's an American born goaltender, currently 21 years old, just turned 21. Hey, actually shares, uh, shares the birthday with my brother, uh, <laughs> but just turned 21 earlier this month. Um, Spent the last four seasons with the OHL uh, Owen Sound attack and really put up pedestrian numbers in these four years, Uh, like a three... 20-ish goals against over the course of those years and like a nine his best year was the 915 last season and then 900 878 879 his first two seasons in the ohl but uh this season he was traded from the Owen sound attack uh after 10 games and traded to the Barry Colts and since that trade he has really, really taken off. He has an 11 2 one record, a 204 goals against, and a 931 save percentage. Now you do need to kind of factor into the fact that, you know, playing with Owen Sound those first couple of seasons, the stats weren't very good. The I you know I I I haven't seen him play a whole lot. Like I don't know if I've actually ever. I probably have seen him play in passing, but I haven't effectively like looked at. Be like, oh yes, Matt Guzda, I need to remember this guy. But just looking at the the statistics, like a a, a three twenty goals against, and then a about an eight eighty five ish save percentage through the first three years of his career. um you know this is just a big overage year where he seems to be on a really good team with the Barry Colts and uh, is is putting up some pretty good numbers so uh, there's apparently like over a dozen teams who are interested in uh, young 21-year-old Matt Guzda and the Leafs are among them so we all know how much Toronto does need to increase their goalie depth. They've had a couple of players. Joseph Wall has seemed to have turned into a, a guy who maybe could be a backup in the future. They signed Eric Kalgren out of Sweden this past summer. He might be able to be something eventually. The last two years, they've signed a couple of Russian, or they've drafted rather, a couple of Russian goaltenders uh, who are... Playing out in the KHL, probably not going to be a while before we see them. So maybe Matt Guzdas, a guy who they could sign to a UDFA contract. We've seen them have some success in being able to sign undrafted free agent uh, overragers out of the OHL. Um, trying to remember what Justin Brazo. If you guys remember Justin Brazo, there was a lot of teams interested in him, but he chose to come to Toronto. It did not quite work out. I don't think. He made it. Uh, he was playing the ECHL. I think he had a cup of coffee in the American League, and then he ended up leaving as a free agent after Toronto didn't decided not to to re-sign him. He may still be playing pro hockey, but he's not in the in the Maple Leafs organization anymore. But maybe they can do something else with Matt Guzda. You know, goaltenders are finicky. Goaltenders sometimes can be late bloomers. He's a big goalie, six foot five, two hundred five pounds, so he's got a big frame, which seems to be the the way that things are going in the NHL these days. So Let's see, Matt Gusta, really interesting name, and I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be, kind of have my my ear to the pavement to see if if he ends up signing with Toronto. I think that would be interesting. And hey, what's a what's a lottery ticket, man? You know, it's a free lottery ticket. Just takes up a contract slot. It'll be a, a league minimum or an, an ELC type of contract, um, and somebody who you can kind of fill out the roster in the minor leagues for the next little bit, and perhaps end up making something of himself. And who knows? Perhaps at some point he can end up being a, uh, a world-class goaltender. I, I, you know, might probably won't be, but he very well could, and it's not going to cost the Leafs anything but a couple of bucks. And MLSC has plenty of cash. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the those. I guess the weekend bit news of the Leafs goaltending scenario going forward that I wanted to kind of talk about those reports. Um, but coming up next, why don't we get to tonight's game, the Leafs and Devils. So I'll preview that one, tee it up, and kind of get a, uh, you know, that's all you like to do, the betting preview as well, brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, and before I get to that, why don't we hear a word from our show sponsors. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of the show. Just a reminder, you can listen to this each and every day, Monday to Friday, uh, for uh, nonstop daily Leafs content. Uh, just pulling up right now what the the betting odds for tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the New Jersey Devils. It is night one of a back-to-back. It is a home-and-home tonight in Toronto. Tomorrow night, they'll be in New Jersey. Uh, There was no practice um, today, uh, or or yesterday rather, coming off the game against Detroit. So I'm not exactly sure if we have a starter. I would imagine Jack Campbell would get the start in tonight's game, and then we'll see um, Peter Mrazek at the start tomorrow. Again, nothing has been said. This is just my personal view uh but again we'll see what ends up happening currently it looks like the maple leafs are heavy heavy favorites to win this game i um, just taking a look right now it looks like uh, i just had it pulled up here uh yeah it looks like Toronto negative 335 on the money line to win this game so that is massively favored by Vegas for them to win uh even on the puck line the puck line minus one and a half is minus 130 so even on the puck line Vegas thinks that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win this game by two or more goals you don't typically see uh negative value on the on the uh on the favorites on the puck line typically you'll get some plus value there but obviously not in this case so um, not much value from a betting perspective on the money line uh, you could take a look at the total the total is at six and a half you could bet the over at plus 120 or the under at minus 120 uh, or sorry the over is plus 100 so it's even money on the over I kind of like the over I'm not gonna lie I kind of like the over at six and a half that's seven goals you look at the way that Jack Campbell's played lately and I'm assuming he's getting the start yeah, it hasn't been great, so if he allows, you know, maybe two or three goals, which we've kind of been accustomed to over his last month of play where he has, a, a like, a three, th- I think it's about a 330 goals against since... January 1st so I mean we could totally see that happening giving up three goals in this game I know that the Devils aren't a great team but Toronto they could score five six maybe you know put up another touchdown like they did in Detroit John Gillies is going to be the starter for the New Jersey Devils he's won five and one this season uh, a 907 save percentage so you know I, I think they could take advantage of a, a younger you know less experienced goalie in John Gillies at home, where Toronto is 15-4-1 is four, four on the year, you look at Jersey on the road, 5-13-1-1 one one on the road. So uh, a lot of reasons of why you could take Toronto to win this game. And then, you know, based on the value, I think the over could be there. You know, both goalies have not played great. Um, the Devils, uh, they, they give up where they're giving up 3.4 goals per game this season. So yeah, I think we could definitely see the Devils uh, giving up four or five goals themselves. And then from that point, it's just... You know, a couple of goals by New Jersey. Maybe a Dawson Mercer ends up finding the score sheet. You get Jack Hughes in there. I think we could totally see something. And you take a look. Let's see what the the special teams is all about. So Toronto currently with the number one ranked power play in the NHL. Operating at 31%. New Jersey uh, 11th ranked PK at 82%. Okay, so not a massive Um, you know, not a a massive discrepancy there, but maybe Toronto ends up with a power play point or two, but this is a big, big reason why I think Toronto is expected to win this game. So we're unsure about Jake Muzzin, uh, and and I'm going to move to the injury portion of tonight's game. Unsure about Jake Muzzin from the Maple Leafs perspective, still out with that concussion that he suffered in the game against St. Louis. Um, so not quite sure what's going to happen there, but Uh, that's pretty much the only injury as of now that we have with the Maple Leafs. Uh, There's no other teams or no other players that are in COVID protocol. They're pretty healthy. They got the full lineup, Sons, Jake Muzzin. Even he might be ready to go uh, by tonight. That's something that I'll kind of keep an eye out for you, and I'll probably tweet that out either on my personal account at Mickey underscore Canuck or on the Locked On Leafs Twitter account. But you look at the other side, and this is a pretty hampered New Jersey Devils team. One that's not that good, quite frankly, already. Uh, but, you know, John Gillies is in. Well, why is John Gillies in? Well, that's because their starter, Mason Blackwood, is out indefinitely. Uh, and then, as is Jonathan Bernier, who's out for the season. So, Both their first and second string goaltenders not going to be in this game, which is why we'll see John Gillies, their third stringer. Um, You know Miles Wood looks to be out still with that hip injury. He's been out for quite some time. He's on IR. Uh, Dougie Hamilton with a broken jaw. He's not going to be playing in this game. It looks like Michael McLeod also um, has been moved to IR, and he looks like will not be playing in this game either, along with uh, Tice Thompson, which... He's just like a fourth liner anyway, so that's not a big deal. But that's quite a few injuries, you know. You know, Michael McLeod, both your first and second string goalie, Dougie Hamilton, Miles Wood. That, that leaves this team rather short-handed. Right, leaves them pretty short-handed. Uh, but let's see what we've got in terms yeah the Devils in the last five meetings against the Maple Leafs are 0-5 and, and they're 1-6 and 6 in the last seven in Toronto the favorite 20-6 in the last 26 meeting between these two and for the Maple Leafs the over is has hit in four straight games um playing on one day's rest so there's a lot of these. I, I think I would go with, if you're going to play, if you're going to use a bet, I think here's the value bet that I'm going for. Uh, I like the over, I would say, and the Toronto money line. How about a parlay? Toronto Moneyline, With the over, I think it's better than the puck line because you're still getting negative value on that one. You're not getting plus money. At least if you parlay these two, you can get yourself plus money. I think it's uh, the parlay you'll get about plus 150. So plus 150 on the Leafs money line with the over six and a half parlay. So that's how I would be uh, betting this one. Um, It's kind of it. And uh, the keys to the game for me for Toronto to make that work, to make that happen, a couple of things. I think first and foremost, let's play a full sixty-minute game here. You know, you're you're going up against the kind of bruised and battered New Jersey Devils team. They're quite young. Uh, They're they're rather inexperienced. They don't have a You know, a couple of their big-time players. They don't have either of their goaltenders. You know, play a 60-minute effort, come out hot, score early, score often, and let's make this a romp, right? I think that would be uh, go a long way here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But in order to make that happen, I think a couple other things need to happen. One, keep protecting the net. They did a good job against Detroit protecting the net. A couple of the goals came from outside, um, which. Not much you can do about that. You just would hope that you'll get it. You know, when you have an outside clean seeing eye shot, that you make that stop, like the one we saw. And I think it was Tyler Bertuzzi had a really nice uh, nice rip, and Mrazic was unable to, to save it. But, you know, protect the net. For the most part, if you keep pucks to the outside, get in front of them, get in the shooting lanes, get in the passing lanes. Don't allow much danger chances uh, to kind of, get inside, you know, when, when I look at the heat map after the game, I don't want to see any red in front of the goaltender. So that's, that's kind of the second one. And the, and the third one to me is going to be, um, stay on top of pucks, right? Let's stay on top of pucks. I felt there was a couple of times where Toronto, um, didn't quite stay on top of pucks and we saw, the wings take advantage. And this has happened really all season long. When they're not staying on top of pucks and they're getting a little bit too aggressive, they find themselves in a foot race. Um, they find themselves uh, chasing the player Two-on-ones, three-on-twos, three-on-ones, breakaways. That's where things start to break down for the Maple Leafs. And then the goaltenders, as of late, have not really been able to come up with a big save. So don't put the goalies in that situation. Don't put them in that predicament. Play sound hockey. Stay on top of pucks. And uh, should should be able to come away with, with another full two points against a lesser opponent who's definitely not making any headway for the playoffs so you know it's a bit of a soft schedule right here before the 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 um, the all-star game right just played Detroit and you got this home and home and then you got your all-star break so why don't we try and pick up those wins while you can stash those points while you can and this is a way for uh, for the Maple Leafs to do that looks um, like a lot of people uh yeah just one more time taking a look at the over under 83 percent of the money is coming on the over in tonight's game so a lot of sharps loving the over here um and when 83 percent is on the over 83 percent of the money it's five and one so uh might be a pretty good bet to make just me just me uh but i think that will do it should be a fun one um So enjoy the game. Uh, but that's to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leaves podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leaves. I'm back with another episode. Tomorrow I'll be recapping the game against the Devils and then, hey, I guess we'll tee up uh, game two against the same squad. Maybe we'll see if we can get uh, Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils to hop on and maybe we can kind of break. It down together and, and chat as we get kind of to the midway point of this home and home series so i think that's what will be coming up on tomorrow's podcast uh but make sure you are subscribed to get that daily these content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore canuck follow the show at locked on Leafs. again i'll be back tomorrow enjoy the game tonight folks that's a seven o'clock puck drop uh be back tomorrow until then keep locked right here on locked on leafs